0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, 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 how are you doing?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I am doing fantastic. I'm excited we finally got a time to, uh, to chat on the TPQ20. Thank you so much for, uh, for hopping on here today.
1: Thank you for uh, having me.
0: Absolutely. Um, so we'll just get right into it. We always like to start off by saying that we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. Um, so if you were to give the bio that is not on the back of a book that a publicist doesn't have, uh, who would you say you are? <laughs> <laughs> that is a loaded question. I spent all day writing a twenty five page paper about identity. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> well we've got we've got time if you've got you know <laughs> uh, i
1: i I honestly don't know where to start. I would say I am, I don't know. I honestly don't have an answer to that question after this semester. Today, I finished my last class of this semester.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
1: The first semester (laughs) of my PhD and it has been stressful. And I am rethinking everything that I previously thought, which is probably oh my gosh. A good thing. In a way. In a way. I I think it'll take me the entire year to figure out what I think. But that is one of the questions that uh that I don't really have a solid answer to right
0: now that's all right I think that's a I think that's a good way to tackle this I and mean, I I, I te- I've been teaching the last 20 years and uh I uh we are two weeks away from winter break or a week and a half away from winter break and I am I am just chomping at the bit it's got to get yes. there <laughs> I hear you. uh yeah so all right well then uh let's start with some basics then um you have had a, a fairly long career in the world of literature uh, so with that, uh, going all the way back to your earliest days, who was your catalyst poet? Who, who did you hear as a child where you were like, I really, this is, I like this. And maybe I either just want to read more of it or start writing more of it.
1: I think probably the first poet that I ever read was Edna St. Vincent Millay, probably like different different times um, in elementary school we were given certain poems that you would read or like in Flanders Fields I guess would be another one of (laughs) course you read every year I think she was one poet though that I I vaguely remember thinking oh this is wonderful I think I was in fifth grade and thinking oh this is something so different than than fiction than than like I was an, an avid reader I had stacks of books everywhere, but the poem was something completely different. Like I'd never had a book of poems before. Um, but I don't think it was until high school that I had one specific teacher that had us just go to the library and spend a lot of time in the library and go through stacks and just decide what we actually liked. And I'd come away with, with like every poet from Langston Hughes to Sylvia Plath, you know, that would be in a high school library. Right. Where- like wow this is like this you know they're doing something that no one's ever done you're always taught Shakespeare and then that's such a (laughs) a difficult entry into poetry
0: there's a real niche market for people who actually you know grow up and love uh like so my my nerdy background was 15th to 19th century British poetry is kind of my that was my my college wheelhouse and there's such a little a little group of people I think at this point who that's kind of where they where they kind of live and I I'm very glad to have finally stepped out of that world at some point in the last you know couple decades, but it's a uh, man schools really I had a conversation with my students today about because um, I we were starting a poetry workshop uh, and I teach seventh grade and uh, my students were not very excited about the words poetry workshop, mm-hmm. uh, but they've also been given fairly bland uh form poetry that people get at, at elementary school. Right. So it's kind of and- nice to have had a teacher who who gave like who who you know uh eventually gave that assignment to go out and just spend some time in a library and, and look.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. I remember like I had a notebook where I wrote down every poem I liked because back then I mean you probably needed a photocopier or something. And and it was awesome because it was a little bit like writing down song lyrics, you know, like mm. you'd, you'd figure out something that you liked and you would just keep notes of absolutely everything. And so it was one way to keep track of, of poets. But I, I think sometimes like I, I have a child in, in ninth grade actually, and he did poetry this year. And I think sometimes the ways that it's taught or the specific poets that are taught are so difficult for them, like it, the poems are so difficult for them to enter that they they feel like they're being held outside before they even begin well
0: and it's crazy given the i mean when you know the button poetry was really my my catalyst is a spoken word and i i kind of stumbled on them because a student uh asked me to prove the relevancy of poetry in the 21st century and i was like (laughs) I. so i i gave them an assignment for for three days we sat and i just said okay uh, we're going to type in poetry to youtube um and we just we filled up a board with 183 names but you know, I think it it definitely changed my perspective on how to go into teaching poetry. Um and now I just go with we watch uh, like a spoken word poem every day. Um, and it's a very it's interesting to watch students kind of question what you why is this poetry and how is this poetry? and it it's a whole different conversation.
1: I love that, though. I love that they can just decide for themselves, yeah, you know, like if you don't decide what you like like that that was when I was teaching when I was teaching I had taught in Florida for a while at USF and when I was teaching um the biggest thing that when I was teaching like the beginner uh poetry course was just to find I would try and find like three or four poems that would just like start like set their hair on fire like yeah. the first day to be like oh my god poems can do this and then <laughs> you get them a little bit excited and then you're just like because poetry I always felt like I was trying to convince them like look yeah. at this wonderful thing you know you're always trying to talk <laughs> them into it rather than like they'd all put up their hands we're all fiction writers <laughs> so
0: I, yeah no it's 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 crazy what was uh for you then what was the one poem that you would uh that you would always teach with
1: I think first day i would definitely a lot of times brought in shahrazad by richard sykin um right. it's narrative enough that it draws them in like right out i f- i find that sometimes they need a little bit more of a narrative poem like yeah. at the beginning maybe ada Limon, mm-hmm. um something i'm trying to think there were a couple prose poems that i'd brought to them
0: ah that were good, yeah that's a really that good way to, really to amazing. Get the fiction writer.
1: Yeah, and so you could kind of be like, hey, and sometimes prose poems, like they look like flash fiction yeah. a little bit, and so like that crossover, that hybrid kind of like gets them thinking like, oh, you can you can do all of these things, and so if you show them like all the different, you know, because they think they're, you know, the course is called Form and Technique of Poetry, <laughs> so they think they're going to be writing sonnets for a semester, and it's it's <laughs> difficult to write a sonnet as a beginning writer, you know.
0: Oh my god. I can't even imagine, but it, I can't even imagine being a, a freshman at I at, at college uh, and being asked to write different. Uh, wow, I'm trying to think back on my freshman year of college and my poetry classes. That was I can't even imagine that.
1: No, I mean, I I thought of it even having them di- like the. It's one thing to get them to try it, right? For the semester, I really wanted them to turn in. You know poems that they actually cared about because it's really like it took me years to write a sonnet where I wasn't like scared to death that someone else was going to read it. You know, <laughs> <Let> <laughs> it, like, do
0: something with it. I'd, I, yeah, it's. Mm-mm. I had a really uh, Doyle Walls was my professor at Pacific University, and he was fantastic when it came to introducing us to a really. Now that I look back on it, you know, twenty years removed. He really did a good job, I think, of opening us up to kind of at that time, what you could do without having a computer in front of you every second of the day. You know, he gave us a fairly, a fairly wide span of poetry. And I, thinking back on it, I don't think we had a ton of form poetry the first couple of years. I think a lot of it was looking at a lot of free verse poetry and, and more, well, for him current, I think was like the (laughs) seventies. So a lot of poetry from the seventies. Yeah, I still have my notebook somewhere. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna end up having to go back through all those binders at some point and see what's in there.
1: I know it's so cool. I did that this <laughs> summer actually before I started grad school from my last grad program and went through like all of the poetry that my mentor had made me ah. read, just thinking back over like what had shaped like everything I've written until now, because obviously those were foundational, all the things that I read over the, you know, my master's program. Yeah. So and it was pretty amazing. Like I found that with fresh eyes, rereading all of that work, it yeah. felt like I was encountering it for the first time again.
0: Oh, nice. So. And, it gives you, and it gives you so many, I mean, such an entryway back into your own writing at that point too, to, to look at, at things that at one point, you know, you felt nostalgic about and you wanted to go back and read it. And then all of a sudden, if it feels anew, that opens up so many gateways. Yeah, it really does. So um, speaking of your work, um, I like to ask, I've been asking a lot of poets lately about, you know, who they were versus who they are now. So you have a new book coming out called I Divided. Um, But if we go back to uh, Thaw in 2017, um, how have you changed as a poet from, you know, in these these last five crazy years?
1: Well, I think Thaw, so part of, Thaw was written and sent out after the first year of my MFA and some of the poems were written before I'd even started my MFA Hmm. so they were literally like intuitive is what it feels like when I read that book I feel like it was it was literally intuition I was following through the whole book and I hadn't yet, like there are there are a few places where I can really tell what um like my my mentor was Jay Hoppler. He I could tell exactly what he had me reading while <laughs> writing it. I could tell who who had visited that semester and I'd done a workshop awesome. with. Like well, I could go through every poem and like and by so my the end of my first year, I assembled that that book and I know exactly like all of the steps that I got. To that that it took to get to the end, but I was really just feeling my way along. And with my second book, I, at that point, I was deciding like making very determined risks. It felt like for hmm. me, like it, it was a departure in that I, I felt like I really needed in, I wrote that during my second and third year of my MFA. Okay. And I knew that my time with Jay was coming to a close. So I kind of felt this pressure, like I want to write something and like, have him ch- like, like have these discussions that I'm not going to get to have when I don't have sit in a room with them anymore, you know, and like, just write everything that I, I, I think is not maybe audience friendly or like, that was a book where I took, I, I took a lot more risks, like with sentimentality. Um, and so I I wanted to do all those things while I had someone to push back against me and so that I could grow like as much as I possibly could before you had that other person because you know how everyone's so busy like I was never going to like bother him with every poem I ever wrote for the rest of time, you know.
0: (laughs) But I like that too I think that's also one of the you know in the in the never ending MFA or not debate. Um, I think lately I've been hearing a lot more of those reasons, that mentorship, that, that idea that there is that not just accountability partner, but somebody who's going to really push back and explain things and give you the constructive advice that you need, that you might not get outside of that because nobody has time. Um, I don't well, know. How many- it,
1: wasn't, it wasn't just that like Jay's poetry aesthetic is mm-hmm. very different than mine, which okay. I loved. So like we were like, we're I had started off being kind of a more narrative poet, and he—it was a very lyric poet, and and so like there were, that was the pushback that I constantly got. Like so, the tension, the narrative lyric tension in my work mm-hmm. was literally this kind of like this this tension that I was I was always walking when we were discussing poetry, and like everything he'd have me read would check it again, and I, <laughs> and I go back to my own work and think, is this really what I want to be writing? You know, right. and so it was really interesting in that way because i feel like even with i divided now i'm leaning so much more into the lyric the hmm. like i'm getting so much further away and, and jay jay j died in june but he, ah. he never read i divided and so like the, this will be the first like like collection that i wrote without being in a classroom or that right. was completely on my own but it was all it, it's so strange how I feel like I keep evolving toward the lyric rather than the narrative where I started and I think a lot of that was just working with him so it was really important to have that experience
0: ah that's awesome that's uh it's I guess what a great what a great um you know a great kind of memorial to leave is his first book kind of that is somewhat because of at least those conversations and the way that he was a mentor. That's pretty, that's really cool to have that. Um, Do you, uh, when it comes to your writing process, um, I love the superstition question. I can't, I wish I remembered which author started, started this with us, but Uh, we always, we like to find out how you like writing. So where, where do you write? Are you someone who has a lot of superstitions and needs, you know, 14 burning candles, a certain type of tea and some incense in the background, or are you, are you a uh, grab your phone and uh, find your new notes tab type of writer?
1: Um, I used to always be like write by hand. So I always had a notebook on me I have three kids and I have a toddler right now. And so that kind of changed, uh, (laughs) I tend to like, even when I was writing thought to um, my other kids were really small. Then I tend to get up at five and I write mm. like when it's quiet and I, I write like wherever I can though. No, I don't need a specific place. Right. I like it to be quiet where I can like, you know, where I can just be inside my head. Nice. Um, but I tend to work out and write at the same time. Oh. I feel like when my body's in motion my brain is just so activated. And so like, uh, even when I'm writing papers for, for school, I have a better time doing it as long as I'm, you know, as long as I'm active.
0: Huh? So. Now I will say out of, out of the, about 120 interviews I've done, uh, you are the first person to say that you write while working out. So, <laughs> uh, so you, uh, I, you, you have claimed that title. That's fantastic. Um, I I'm trying to picture you on like a, you know, a, a Stairmaster with a, with a notebook. And I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's probably, yeah, it's a cross. <laughs> theme, but yeah, it's, it, that's pretty much what it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I guess that's, it, it is, it, it is fascinating to, to the, like the, the idea, it's, you know, it's the, it's a way better way of chewing and walking gum at the same time, which I can rarely do. So that's really <laughs> well, well done for that. Then I got to ask what's your editing process like? I need to,
1: I I like to see the poems in like several iterations, so I don't, I I like to like, you know, you handwrite, you type, and I could see it on the screen, but I don't always like what I see on the screen, so then I print, and then I edit from the page, because I need to see it on the page, and then I go back to the, I go back to my files and then edit from there, but it's pretty much always done on the page,
0: so that me then I'm really curious. Uh, there was a, a really I mean there was a really big trend a while ago with the with poetry Twitter of people posting their um, their manuscripts printed out page by page by page mm-hmm. on their walls or on their floors. Um, so you you work out to write. Uh, you you kind of sit down and focus on different pieces to edit. Um, how do you arrange your books?
1: Well, right now, there's like 17 stacks of poems <laughs> all over the floor of my office. And uh, usually when the stack gets really big, then I go through it and decide which poems I even like anymore. <laughs> I don't, by the time I assemble it, it's usually like I've got the stack winnowed down to the poems I actually like. Um, and then I decide what the, what, what it's all doing, but I've never actually laid it all out, like poem by poem. It's just usually like, I've got a, a stack of them and I need to go through and like mm. find the thread and figure ah. out what the book is doing. And then you can weed out all the poems that don't need to be there too.
0: Are you someone then who does believe that, that a, a collection of poems should also have a, I mean, obviously we've talked, you talked a little bit about, you know, the, the lyrical approach and their approach to, to poetry. But do you feel that a, a well-rounded collection uh, should have a storyline of some type or some type of narrative thread through it?
1: Um, I don't think it's a narrative thread necessarily, but I think it's um, like, there's usually a coherence of arguments, I guess, that mm, the poems are I making. Like and like so um, so those are the threads I'm looking for, like what arguments keep coming up over and over in the poems. and is it important? And, and then, um, is it important to like, like, I, I have a hard time usually finding like what the, the one main argument is. Usually I ha I have one specific reader that I go to and I will be like, please tell me what this is doing. Please tell me, because I think it's doing this. And then he'll usually come back to me and say, yeah, it's doing this, but look at this <laughs> thing over here. You didn't even see. And so like, you always need that one other person too.
0: Oh yeah. Awesome. Well, as we, as we kind of head toward the ending here, I I always like to find out who are you reading right now that you're kind of really excited about and fallen in love with. um, And then when can we expect I divided?
1: Um, Well, I divided coming out in fall, 2023. It will be Ah. in LSU Press's catalog, but that's not out yet. They're focusing on spring right now. Um, As far as (laughs) reading. Since I've been reading, not poetry for this semester, for my PhD, I've been mostly (laughs) reading novels. Um, Yeah, well, I I took, well, I took the three different classes I was taking. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was novels in one class. We read some poems. Um, We actually, we actually, who did we just look at? Um, Sorry, I'm trying to keep. (laughs) It's all right. I was gonna say we were talking about we talked about uh, oh, no I can't remember you oh Monica Coleman Disgr- we talked oh. about Monica Coleman's collected in one of my classes I'm taking a class yes. on ethical listening and we were we listened to her live readings oh so cool because like I I have her collected yeah. and you, like you can see how she how she controls like rhythm and sound on the page wow. but i never actually heard her read and it was really cool um that. anyway but otherwise i we hadn't talked about a lot of poets in my in the classes that i'm taking right now and uh so on my own i've been trying to read a little bit and i will say that then the the book that i love the most that i got this fall was bluest nude by anna kojo
0: Ooh, okay which, don't know that one
1: it, it's really fantastic it's so beautiful um, all the poems are beautiful. And, wow. and I've got a stack waiting for me too. But that was one of the ones that I actually got to. Oh, I got to um, Layla Chatty's new chat book as well, Figment. Yes. Which is really fantastic. It's kind of in conversation with my second book. And Ooh, so I wanted right. to see how she it deals with um, miscarriage and which my book does. And so I wanted to see how she kind of dealt with it. And it with with that conversation and it right. was it was it's it's really fantastic the way she ah. uses like the page and language and kind of interrogates language and then the page like she allows for so much like absence and silence and different things that I don't allow I didn't allow for in my right. so it was a real contrast, but it was really interesting to read someone else like kind of right along the same lines and, and do it just completely differently, you know. I love that. Um, but that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think of, I've been reading Aga Shahid Ali this fall. I'm taking a class in queer freedom and we talked about uh, a couple of, a little bit of, of his work. And I read Alina, Cal. I can't pronounce her name, Alina <laughs> Kaldiak Davis. I can't pronounce her name. I'm sorry. I'm butchering that. Late Summer Ode is her new book and it's super fantastic. Um, and she does a whole bunch of like really interesting things that my work doesn't do. I tend to really like to look at, at work that doesn't, that that is completely different from mine. That kind of like explodes like my idea wow. of what a poem can do. And so, and I, and the other book that I've like slowly been working my way through is Jay Hopler. He he released his, his last book like two weeks before he died and uh and it's really really fantastic it's called still life and I I haven't made it all the way through yet because it's kind of difficult read but right but it's like sitting on my nightstand and I read a poem here and there and so that's that's kind of another thing that I'm working my way through awesome. um yeah does well. that
0: so that actually, I answer that question that's a fantastic listen and well done for all of this after writing 25 pages on identity that's still uh <laughs> that's uh that sounds like a very very long and 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 really um i don't even have words for that. it hurts my brain well then thank you so much for hanging out today on tpq20 i really appreciate your time i'm so glad we could finally put a day together to get together for this Um, And I really look forward to sending more and more people your direction and to reading I Divided in the uh, fall of next year.
1: Thank you so much. This was so nice. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And have a great rest of your evening. Thanks.
1: You too.
0: Bye-bye.